0: all right guys well welcome back to the away team podcast brought to you every week here on press basketball my name is phil Buello, aka sporting okay, phil How are you doing today, sir? Before we jump into any sports action, we got a little human element Canadian. to this. So
1: I'm man. I'm doing good, man. I'm tired. Came in from the gym, shot a, little, shot a little ball day for the first time in a while. Might come out of retirement like Larry Sanders.
0: Oof. I miss Larry Sanders, man. He was he was, he was fun to watch. I remember him now.
1: Yeah, man. So I'm good. What's up with you, man?
0: Uh, nothing much, man. Just finally uh, getting better. Had a little bit of a early season cold but back and back and form uh jumper still off but you know i was bringing the hustle that that was always my skill i was always actually pretty terrible that's why i started talking about basketball early on i was just that kind of like like i think anderson Farageau was my I was my idol i think that was I the closest i got to being Canadian
1: good
0: fred hoiberg. yeah pretty much no. except hey, except fred fred hoiberg yeah, had way more skills
1: you're the, you're the maple leaf kirk heinrich
0: <laughs> I'll take it's that I'll take that one it's not a compliment. I like that one no no it's right, <laughs> uh,
1: let's just hop right into it we, we got a lot to talk about and as always we're gonna start with the news and notes from around the league or as Phil used to erroneously call it uh holist hitters and I uh, hated that title I'm still gonna say it to make Phil feel back when it rubs it in his face um all-star reserves were announced today on TNT and, of course, the uh, usual suspects are in. Westbrook made it, of course. Uh, Paul Millsap, Paul George. Uh, a couple new first-timers. Gordon Hayward, DeAndre Jordan, and Kemba Walker. Uh, the first time these guys made it. And, of course, there's a couple snubs. B got a lot of votes, but uh, he didn't get picked by the coaches. Dame. Dame got uh, Dame, Dame. Lillard got injured and missed some time, but, you know, he, you know what he's capable of. Mike Conley's been playing basketball of his career. Missed a couple games, though. He got injured with that that broken back. Carlton Towns, playing out of his mind statistically, but, you know, we know his team's struggling. And, uh, like, Andre Drummond, CJ McCollum. Uh, Phil, what do you think about the, the first-timers, like Gordon Hayward? Do you think he deserves to make it over Rudy, Ga- uh, Rudy Gobert? And which of the snubs you think is the most deserving? Who Who's the snub that you really feel oh, man, that guy should have been in?
0: I mean, I think Gobert is kind of their do-everything guy, and especially with a lot of injuries they've dealt with. I mean, Gobert, as special as he's been, uh, doesn't bring as much in terms of scoring as Hayward. But in terms of the snub, man, like, uh, we're going to talk about this a little later on, but I don't know how you snub on on Joel Embiid. Like, what he's meant to that team. Like, like, like if you're saying every team's MVP, like, he is hands down that team's MVP. Like, when he is off the floor, that team is...
1: And you know you say that, but like they beat um, who they beat the other night without him. Be a good team. Minnesota without him be a good. Th- this is Brett Radio. They just had a good win without him. And New uh, Orleans Noel had like sixteen and thirteen. And it's not so much with him on Arthur Ford. And I think he's kind of turned that whole culture around. And he just has that whole team having fun and believing. I mean, TJ McConnell looks like an actual you know serviceable starter after looking like crap for so long in Sacramento. So uh, I'm with you on him. I also think. Like it's supposed to be about fun, man. I mean, that's that's the thing, right? And I, I love Paul that He's I think he's the better player right now. If you are gonna have an exhibition game, that's why I don't think Gobert should have been in, in the first place. I love his game and what he means to that team. I don't want to see him out there running around and you know dunking from three feet and you know catching those little alley oops that look silly because he's so tall already. It's like he's not even jumping. So um, I, I really think that I think again like like you said, B, I think Khriz Towns with his game, and his solid game he plays, he'd been fun. Uh, what else we got going on man? Uh, oh big thing uh, Jimmy Butler Dwayne Wade had a lot of comments after the uh, After they blew a 10-point late lead to the Hawks Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade pretty much uh, I mean no other way to say it. they laced into their teammates. I Hate to see this and I, I mean it's Some of the comments like you know Jimmy Butler and Wade basically were questioning their, their teammates part and how much they wanted to win and it's it was really weird to say, see and you know the response they got back were even stranger so
0: yeah go ahead man. uh yeah yeah no rajon rondo obviously snapped back and that's the one that got the most attention around the league basically saying how like comparing those vets to the guys he had in boston basically saying they would have they would have never gone to the media saying the guys in chicago are more about numbers uh, than the game and j- just going back and forth, but basically showing a huge rift in that locker room, especially at the guard position. I mean, these three were brought together, and they were supposed to be able to play together. Obviously, there were some issues there, but I, I don't know if this is repairable at this point. This is bad. I mean, news. they
1: they kind of got it. They got to cut Rondo now, because I don't care. I, I actually agree with what you said. I think that Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade, uh, it, t- t- today on uh, Inside the NBA. Uh, I'm sorry, the TNT inside, you know, TNT show with Kenny, Kenny's, Kenny Smith said, and he said it as nicely as possible, but he said it's kind of cowardly for them to go to say this to the media instead of facing the music, and say, it in the locker room. That's a, that's strong words from an ex-player, you know what I mean? Um, what's going on in Chicago, man? You think, is this is this salvageable?
0: I mean, I like a lot of the pieces there. Um, like, I'll talk about it a little bit later in terms of what I would do, but I, I don't think this team as it stands is salvageable i I think the makeup doesn't make him uh, like like even if these guys did want to play together i don't like the team as it is but i don't think it's salvageable like and rondo as much as you're saying he's right in this situation he's not been the best teammate of late and and when you're looking at the teams he's been on and and some of the coaches he's he's rubbed the wrong way and at the end of the day wade can opt out butler is their best player so (coughs) i mean uh, they gotta take uh, their. Uh, they gotta take their side. And Rondo, I think, is on his way out. I, I don't know if it's as easy as a buyout, but it, like some team's gonna want to trade for him. And Cleveland needs a point guard, but I, I wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole. Yeah, dude, he's that.
1: just not a. I, I'm just, I'm just mind boggling that people still like go to bat for him and, and want him on their team, man. Um, speaking of people hurting their team, tonight against uh, the Thunder, we're playing. Who are they playing? With? Oh, yeah, they're playing Dallas. Dallas was down a lot of people, too. No Dirk, no Wes Matthews. But Enos Cantor had a rough start. So he goes to the bench frustrated, punches a chair. Now OKC is saying that uh, Enos Cantor is going to be out for six to eight weeks with a broke, fractured forearm. Uh, just when he seemed to turn it around and you know he was getting a lot of love and respect for his play, he off the bench, he's averaging almost 15 to 7. His PER is almost 25, which is really, really good. You know, uh, he's actually had not been a tire fire defensively. He looked a lot better than he had last year. But uh, he's broken his arm. He's out for the next six to eight weeks. Uh, he was huge with Thunder off the bench. And they got big games against coming up the next few games. And we'll see. They got Cleveland. They got San Antonio. They got Tristan Thompson in, Cle- in Cleveland again. They got Memphis with Mark and Zebo uh, The Wizards with Mar- Marcin Gortat. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to miss the next Utah game on February 28th. He's going to be out at least, you know, we're talking six weeks, mid mid March. So he's coming back come back against Utah or Brooklyn. What does this mean for the Thunder's uh, playoff success? Right now, they're sitting at twenty eight nineteen, and I think they're pretty pretty good chance they're going to make the playoffs. But I mean, this is a big thing. What, what does this mean moving forward for OKC?
0: I mean, this has been a, a terrible two-week stretch in my eyes. I mean, we, we saw Rudy Gay go down last week for for uh, Sacramento, and he's been kind of rumored to go there because they needed some extra scoring. And on top of that, not being able to get a guy like that, now they got their second-best scorer out six to eight weeks for something that had nothing to do with on-court. I mean, I even saw highlights of him blocking shots. I mean, like you're, you're kind of alluding to his, his picking up the side defensively. He was really coming into his own. I think, you know... I believe in Stephen Adams. I think he can give you more, and I think this is—I I think this is a gut check time for a lot of their young bigs. I mean, guys like, like Sabonis we're talking about has been playing real well. Maybe he steps up, and maybe a lot of these guys boost their game. And by the time he comes back, maybe he just steps into the situation. I think they have some decent chemistry, unlike Chicago we we're talking about before. But I don't know because. I just think he would have been rumored in some of those those trade bits. Like, this hurts being a month out of trade deadline.
1: I'll, I'll say it hurts, but because of what he injured, I don't think it's really going to damage his trade. Uh, well, I guess any team that wanted him to help for the playoff push, you're right. Yeah, but it, I, it doesn't really damage his trade, his trade value long term. Um, it's just sad to see, man, because uh, okay, uh, right now we already know that Russell Westbrook's almost pushing himself to the limits, and any he bit helps. So just losing 15-7 off your roster is really going to – it's gonna—they're gonna be short. Uh, Cantor and and Alec, Alex Abrinas had a nice little uh, synergy working with the second unit, where Abrinas would just be on the same side Cantor was on the floor. He'd pass it into him. Cantor would start backing his man down. and if you, do, if, you know, Abrinas man would have to double. Abrinas would slide to the open spot, slide down to the baseline, or whatever, and catch the catch the out the kickout pass, and he's draining threes. So that's gonna really hurt uh, OKC's second unit. Uh, speaking of, again, more more hurting. LeBron James is hurting. It's not like his his feelings are kind of hurt right now. Um, he had some choice comments uh, about owner Dan Gilbert and the spending of the of what the roster of the rosters uh, who they're spending on. Um, we need another effing playmaker was his was his was his his comment. And uh, you know he's he's basically coming at the Cavs ownership about, about how much money they're spending, which is weird because the Cavs are capped out. They have I think, the highest payroll in the league, 130 mil right now so they have no wiggle room at all i think they spent almost 50 million over 50 million dollars on electric tech last year so
0: it's like 56 yeah no that no this whole situation doesn't make any sense on a lot of levels i mean when lebron james was coming back to cleveland one of the deals was he went to dan gilbert and be like listen whatever you're gonna pay you're gonna pay to like to make this happen and he agreed with this and yes the big three are putting up their numbers but you know they're missing J.R. Smith which obviously really really hurts when you look at the playoffs last year he was massive for that team and LeBron James is saying hey we have these trade exceptions we have this roster spot why aren't you getting someone the reality is you're over the cap so those those trades are a little bit tougher to happen i'm thinking they're kind of waiting for a situation like a Deron Williams to be bought out and maybe to bring him in i think that would be kind of their ideal situation unless they're able to pull something uh, you know a miraculous um like I was talking off camera to our guy Justin there from press as well about you know I would actually turn love into a whole bunch of guys from Denver. I would actually take uh, I would just go there. I'd be like, give me Chandler, give me Gallo, and give no, me Nurkic. Is that,
1: is that, is, is whatever. Is that is the trade uh, we you were talking about?
0: No, no, it's not, no, it's actually not. Oh, if you want to hear this trade, so I actually. That. So, why would Denver want to
1: move three guys like Nurkic, Gallo? Chandler
0: for Kevin Love. Because Jokic's playing well. I'm just saying Jokic plays best at center. Putting next to Love. Consolidate your assets. Keep is, is
1: Kevin in, Love the in assets just, really want, though? Do, you th- do we think he's the
0: asset really want? We've already seen him on a ta- we've, No, okay, fine. He's not. He's saying, saying, not. I, ta- ta- I, I, ta- I just more wanted Wilson Chandler and Gallo in Cleveland than the other way around. So, <laughs> yeah, if you're being fair, both sides. And this is. If you're being fair, both sides. This is not
1: really a diss on Kevin Love. I'm just, I don't. He would be the guy, say, I guess if Nurkic, if, if we're saying Jokic is the guy, I still think he need probably a better defender and shot blocker beside Nurkic. You don't need... Serge Bunker. Yeah,
0: that's actually a great, but, uh, a great
1: one so, uh, Go ahead, man. Go ahead. What, what were you saying?
0: Um, but when, when we're talking about the Cavs and what and what the problems were, now uh, just quickly touch on it. Apparently, uh, the Knicks offered Carmelo Anthony four. Uh, Kevin Love. And the Cavs said no. I, I actually agree with this. I think uh, Kevin Love fits their system a little bit better. Um, I uh, uh, Did you have any issues with them saying no to that um, one?
1: No, not at all. It's just, I mean, it's just really hard with Kev with, with, with Melo man. He's, he's damaged goods now because of his age. Uh, we know he's having problems with his shoulder. Uh, his knees are always probably going to be an issue from here on out. And he's just not as deadly as he was, you know, at his prime, he's starting to show a little decline as far as physically. He's still big and strong, but I mean, what? he's one of the throwback players. What team really wants this guy who's going to put up, you know, in a vacuum, stop the ball, and put up a whole bunch of shots every game, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I can I can see why they, Kevin Love is more valuable and, and a better fit for what they do in Cleveland.
0: Uh, completely and and we'll touch on uh, on Cleveland and how we think they're gonna kind of progress after this in the second half but I'm actually gonna drop this trade and I'll throw you the image because I actually tweeted it out if anyone wants to follow me there on Twitter at Sporting Phil and I'll drop the image right now um, I had a three-way trade this was gonna help the Knicks rebuild and this was gonna help uh, actually the Clippers to beat Golden State and it was gonna help the Bulls situation just so just to break it down, this is going to piss everybody off. I'm doing this on purpose, man. The Bulls are actually pulling back in this trade. This is like everyone in the league moving. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and Courtney Lee. So they're going to then have Dwayne Wade. Rondo can still be there, I guess, with Courtney Lee. And then you got the big boys up front. To me, that changes, you know, instead of having all your talent in the backcourt kind of thing, put some up front, some in the backcourt. The Clippers get Carmelo Anthony sending there, one of the teams that he said he'd be okay going, and they also get Jimmy Butler. <laughs> so I, I, I think Chris Paul with Anthony playing the four and Jimmy Butler, and you can get some other guys. Well, oh, there's a lot of guys leaving as well. But they also get Robin Lopez, who I actually think could be a nice center with that whole squad. <laughs> and then the Knicks kind of get a barrage of players, including probably some picks in this, including Doug McDermott, Bobby Portis so I'm really high on, Austin Rivers, Jamal Crawford going back there, Taj Gibson expiring, blah, 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 blah. Whole idea is you bring in some youth and probably some draft picks and rebuild around Stapps. So you get Clippers, you get the kind of CP3, Carmelo Anthony in Lakerland. Uh, sorry, in Clipperland, that's kind of fun. I think Jimmy Butler and Carmelo with CP3 actually is not the worst. Um, you, you know, you can have my boy Luke Maamute running around them to play defense. And then in, in Chicagoland, I think it's kind of interesting having Courtney Lee next to Dwayne Wade and, and Rondo. I think that could that, that, that could kind of work in weird ways. Um, so is there any part of this you, uh, you like, or is this just a, a, a flaming pile of dog doo-doo to you?
1: Um, can you do a lot of push-ups? I'm all right. Well, I want you to start working your push-ups, so I'm going to enter you into the astronaut program. So we can send you down to NASA, and you can get on a rocket, and we can shoot you into the freaking sun. <laughs> this is one of if,
0: – if
1: even – I don't think – Come on. You kind of like think,
0: it. You kind – it's no, it's confusing no, you because there's so many people no, involved. No, I'm at
1: it. I can, I, can, I can look at NBA players and not get confused. It's
0: just
1: – the Clippers would be – it's not a good team. Jimmy Butler and Chris Paul is nice, but – how, how many ways can we see that Melo is just not one of those playing winning basketball? Now you got three guys who want the ball in their hands, because Jimmy Butler is not going to just be like J.J. Redick and run off, off the ball. He doesn't <laughs> need to, somebody to pass him the ball like Blake Griffin does. So, so now you got three ball dominant guys who are still talented. Robin Lopez is solid backing everyone up. But I mean, Melo's not playing defense. So I, I, no, this is not. This is not. This is not good. All right, my, all I, right. I guess the, my big thing is for the Knicks. <sighs> one thing, well, one, Bobby thing, no, one thing. Bobby Bourne. One Bourdin. thing, kill the spacing in the Clippers because their best three-point shooter is gone. And now Chris Paul is probably the best shooter on that team. Because now you're off the rivers who we say what we want to say about exactly in threes this year. So you kill all the spacing in Clipperland. Um A shoot. That was a, a good a knockdown stance to shooter, so that's true. Um, Chicago. Oh, man, so ugly. am <laughs> the main thing is New York though, the Knicks, um yeah, yeah, poor thing is but now you Jamal Crawford Austin Rivers Ty Gibson. No, nah, this is
0: like, Doug Douggy McDermott he can shoot.
1: Nah, this is just like you're like you're some kinda of mad scientist. Dude. At least it's not the worst yeah. though. You've you said worse. You said that Stockton was better than <laughs> I mean Stockton was better than Magic Donaldson, so
0: Yeah, no that one is way worse. Um but yeah, so this is uh, these are some trades, because obviously there's, uh, between the news, all that stuff in uh, Chicagoland, um, uh, the, the, the ongoing thing with Mellow, with the Knicks, and now we're hearing some stuff with the Cavs. The Cavs weren't actually involved in this, but I was just trying to think of some ways to appease the world, get them in some better spots, and uh, maybe make uh, some people happy on the other side. Did you tell me that, did
1: you, did you tell me that Charlotte might uh, be a good spot for Mellow?
0: That was one of my mad scientist things, just because I thought they could use some front court scoring, playing them at the four. That was not bad. That was not bad. Um. And, I was, and I wasn't sure what you're going to bring back for him. like, like I think ideally I, like I would get like a uh, uh, Kid Gilchrist, and then you have Batum playing there, so if you can get Kid Gilchrist to play with Porzingis to build around, and maybe get something a little bit else, I don't know, like a Zeller, I don't know, whatever who knows but uh you know this is just trying to make people happy but what it's not going to make people happy is in the second half when we talk about some teams that are trending up some teams that are trending down and there are going to be some surprises in this one and some and the way a lot of teams started the season uh i don't think they're, they're liking uh, how they're looking or right as now as
1: i call it this to be about the ball street market baby
0: ball street market all right okay Catch James and I on the other side of the Away Team Podcast.
1: Wish, baby, I'm way downtown. What you mean you ain't never heard about the Away Team? What you mean you ain't never heard about the Away Team? The Away Team? The Away Team? Those guys, that's the Away Team. And welcome back to the second half of the Away Team Podcast. This week I'm James Hollis going by Phil the to Um And now we're going to do something a little different. What's up, people? We're going to, so, I've just noticed a lot of the really elite teams, uh, even the not elite teams, but a lot of teams are struggling right now, and there are some teams that start off the season looking like dogs do, they're actually playing a lot better, so we we'll just do like a little start market thing, and we're going to talk about a couple teams, they're trending up, they're trending down, and then do you buy or sell them due to that trend, I mean, or do you just hold, whatever, so. Um, go ahead, you start off, man.
0: All right, so all these teams that we're talking about is that it's as of December 26th inclusive, their record. So first, being the uh, maple syrup-drinking fan that I am, we're going to start with the Toronto Raptors. Um, they've been 6-10 and ten since uh, just after Christmas. Not the record you'd expect for the second-best team in the, in the East, uh, obviously losing DeMar to an injury of late, having to start Norman Powell, and not looking so hot. Uh, this is a team that I can't see them staying this bad. I think uh you were talking about it a little before uh, the missing Patrick Patterson really hurts too. But they got too much talent and I don't think the rest of the west, the east is that good that they're going to keep going this way. They have two all-stars, one starter, one reserve. C- kind of should have been the other way around, but uh, I think we see it. Toronto on the upswing.
1: Um I will just say that Toronto's 4 and 6 in the last 10 and the Hawks are and yeah, the Hawks oh there you go. The Celtics are half a game behind them. The Hawks are a full game back. Uh, the Wizards are just two and a half games back playing time to spare. Toronto, they had a nice little sizable lead, uh, but it's, it's whittled down pretty swiftly. Um, I think, so we're talking buy or sell here. I, I, I'm going to hold because my whole thing with Toronto is how, I just did this, I will do some research and I saw that, that Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are combining for almost 15 points in every fourth quarter. Um, that's tremendous. They're both like in the top 10 or 12 fourth quarter scoring. And they're both doing it really, really efficient, efficiently, but like, is that sustainable? Because again...
0: It means they count on them way too exactly, much.
1: Exactly. Because I mean, again, DeRozan's like a 25-point game scorer. That's a heavy workload. And then to have, you know, he's he's, taking, he's scoring almost a quarter... Well, of course, every quarter. Um, but yeah, he's scoring more than a quarter of his points in the fourth quarter, and that's just a really heavy workload. The, the, the Toronto... Uh, Raptors have been an elite offensive team this year like almost historic and it, I can never kind of quite figure out how they do it cuz they're also one of the teams that they're among the, the the bottom like the bottom portion of the, of the league and passes and assist a game but it's a lot of iso work man it's really it's, it's not smoke and mirrors cuz the pieces just happen to work and fit but well, with Patrick Patterson out it all like it's like a house of cards a house of cards that's, that was strong but you pull that one card or jenga you pull that one piece and rest of them starts coming tumbling down. So they're really struggling right now without Patrick, Patrick Patterson. Anybody comes back, can they re, regain that magic they had? So I'm gonna hold on them. I'm not gonna buy or sell. I'm gonna hold. I'm, I was, I'm a little skeptical.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, who do you got next?
1: Uh, next up, uh, Philly. Philly's been a feel-good story, man. We talked a little bit about Embiid, who I think got stiff for an All-Star. Uh, he's averaging what, like? Absolutely. Oh, he's always almost like 20 and nine in like 25 minutes a night, dude. The, the kid. He's put up numbers that we haven't seen since, you know, Hakeem and Dave Robinson were rookies, those kind of players. He's he's transcendent, I think, um, it's even to the point where there's some Philly radio guys who are, you know, starting to saber-rattle and be yelling about how, you know, Philly's, the, the ownership and management is stupid for not playing him more because now there's a playoff spot, a mere four and a half, uh, four and a half games, you know, games back of a playoff spot.
0: Oh, he almost tweaked his knee. Did you see that it highlight? Is, yeah. How it kind of, like, bent over and he coming back? I watched I was like, oh, no. Yeah, so, I was like, they yeah, of course. I mean,
1: they want their they – still, they still get more talent in the draft. This is the last year, I think, obviously. Next and, year we're going to start building. And it's
0: them. not like they don't have backups too, right? They still have Noel. Yeah,
1: it doesn't matter. The point is, like, you don't change everything. The whole plan is to keep this kid healthy and upright and get him his, you know, first year of NBA experience on his belt, get his body right this summer, and then next year unleash him in the league. That's fine. But, yeah, so um, – Philly, I think they're. What do we say? What's their record since uh, since since Christmas?
0: Philly's ten and five since twenty six inclusive. I
1: Think something like, like like eight and two in their last ten. or something, something ridiculous like that. Exactly. That's awesome, dude. Like I said, they're to the point where they're even without.
0: Trust like, the process. Trust
1: the process, man. That's that's incredible to me.
0: You know, and Dario Sarge has been balling out too, man. I gotta give him props. Yes,
1: yeah, so I think he's averaging like um, like ten and five. And, He's a, a, a dynamic kind of scoring threat on the wing. So I'm going to buy it, man. And I don't care if they make the playoffs. I don't care if they go on another 10-game losing streak. The fact is, like, people actually care, and you know, are watching Philly again. And, you know, uh, Robert Covington, they took players like Robert Covington, and, and you know, he, he, was, he was that second-round pick, and they gave him that contract, and people were talking about, is he an NBA player? Well, the kids well, he's one of the best perimeter defenders. And I think, if I remember correctly, Philly has been, like, the number – I'm going to say they've been the number one defense in the league. Let's, let's take a look. They are the number three defense in the league since uh, Christmas. You know what I'm saying? That's that's incredible. So I, I'm buying.
0: Yeah, well, I'm buying too. Um, specifically because my boy Ben Simmons is going to be back in the second half. Can't wait to watch that. Uh, everything you said got to echo that. And I think some of the guys at the top of the East are taking a little bit of a stumble. And these young guys are playing like veterans you know we got sarich 22 embit at 22 and these guys are maturing real real fast I, I think it's gonna be an interesting race to the end with some of the older teams kind of like scraping on hoping they the injuries and all that don't catch up and these younger teams like milwaukee and them really you know jumping up that progression gap so
1: let me ask you this um, and simmons coming back is going to help them you think it's going to help them
0: yeah. Well, I just think it's it's going to help with the, with the ball movement, and he's going to naturally get some more open shots for some other guys, which is going to m- make it so they can't focus as much on Embid and create a little bit um, a little bit more easy okay, shots so for him, and he's already... Here's there. the
1: problem with that, man. Um, what's this thing about rookies? Rookies are, are almost never good. They're just not good players. And as talented as he is, and as fun as he's going to be, as physically gifted as he is, he hasn't played a single NBA game. He's come back from a you know, an injury that pretty much had him immobilized. I'm sure he's been doing workout. But he's not ready to play yet. He is not going to help them. I think he's actually going to probably, uh, you know, let's they put him on a really small minutes count and just you know put him in here and there to so get his feet wet, which is what they should do. He's not ready to produce and be a, a, a useful NBA player. And that's not a knock on him. He's going to be he's going to be amazing next year. I just think. Uh, Chemistry, like we know, the fickle thing, and now you're going to introduce another player in there who's going to, you know, put a big part of the offense. So, and that's fine. I'd say bring him back and let him play then, because he actually won. I,
0: I know you're right. I think I'm just saying this as a fan. I'm enjoying watching these guys so much that watching a 6'10 point guard with a 7'3 center, I'm just, as a fan, like, I'm just excited. I
1: can't stand you sometimes. Um, Go ahead. What's next, team.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, after that... Let me see the order we had. We had the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta man, Hawks, twelve and four. Next.
1: Cleveland
0: was next. Nah, man. Look at the thing I have written down. Toronto, Houston. Nah, terribly. Fine, we'll do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. Uh, we'll do. H- we'll do Cleveland next. Uh, we got Cleveland at seven and eight. Obviously, uh, stumbling since a couple things. Um, Kyle Korver trade, kind of the worst since that. Not looking like themselves. Yes, they've had some injuries, but really their big three's been there. We, t- we spoke about in the first half with the whole thing with Dan Gilbert. We spoke about some crazy trade ideas, but at the end of the day, LeBron's healthy, Kyrie's healthy, Love's healthy, Fry's not playing defense, Tristan Thompson, I mean, I was, I was talking with Justin again because uh, he's a Cavs guy, just their, their lineups, their bench lineups is, are just getting trashed. And this was supposed to be a team that was one of the deepest teams in the league like that was supposed to be their big bonus on top of a team like the Golden State Warriors and now LeBron saying we don't have the roster to take care of a team like that Um, this the look I I don't see them playing seven and eight they're way way better than that but I think there is a little bit of cause for concern I mean they've created this team that's predicated around LeBron and Kyrie attacking the rim when it doesn't work out, kicking out to a whole bunch of guys who are kind of James Jones-like. And, you know, sometimes when you have too many specialists and too many guys who can't play defense, I don't care how good your stars are. I still think LeBron James is the best player in the league. I don't think it's even close. But there's there, there's something about, you know, he was, he was saying with ball handlers, he was saying how um, with Golden State they have like four guys, or he was no, saying four or six guys who can create shots. Him, there's like two. Um, and that stuff matters. Ball spacing matters, and it can't just be them. Like, I've said from the start, I, I, I think they should almost play like two lines have, like, LeBron with shooters and have, like, a Kyrie Love, you know, kind of line interchange. But I just don't like I the not that
1: Kyrie and Love have kind of shown that as good as they are, which amazing as they both can be, somehow with LeBron at the floor, they just don't dominate the way you think they would. But, uh, yeah, LeBron's comments are kind of. I get it, man. They've lost five times in the last seven games. He said they're not better than last year from a personnel standpoint. The top heaviest crap. He said he didn't say crap. Um, and he said they need an effing playmaker. He's speaking very strong. You know, these are strong words of decorations from him. But, I mean, you know, um, the GM had to speak out in their urges. He said this is not appropriate from a teammate perspective. Um, boy, Tristan Thompson has some things to say about it. Tristan said... Uh, bronze comment is what it is. I really don't give a blank. You know, I just gotta keep playing better. So, uh, but you know what's funny? It's Groundhog Day, bro. They did the same thing last year. Cleveland did the same thing last. year <laughs> The same thing the year before. They had, they struggled a little bit first year of LeBron. I think they, weren't they like twenty and twenty at one point or some nonsense, fifteen and fifteen.
0: You thrives in controversy.
1: I don't think it's that. I think it's the fact that LeBron James and and by extension the the Cavaliers are hyper 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 analyzed. We know good and well that they're the best team in the East. We know good and well they're going to get to the finals. And we're already, and we know J.R. Smith was a big part of their team, which is nuts to say because I, I would hate to be my team, but LeBron James is a great man and he hasn't played a single game yet this year. We know Kyle Corbett's not acclimated yet. We know all these things, and yet and still, what's wrong with the what's wrong with the Cavs? And LeBron, this is my thing. I respect LeBron. If he says something like this, people better pick up instead step a notice. But at the same time, he even needs to realize it's the regular season, man. Look what's happening right now to Houston. Look what's happening to you know Toronto. This is what happens regular season. Teams go through funks. It's, it's okay. So um, I'm gonna just me personally. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm selling the I'm selling this for the Cavs. They're, they're trending downwards, and or or I guess I'd say I'm buying the Cavs because we know at the end of the day they're gonna come out of the East.
0: Absolutely. Alright, so who you got next?
1: Uh, what's next? i give you the right order, man. Next was the Wizards. Um, so, you go ahead and tell us about the Wizards, because me and you, we've we planned this out before, but I didn't write down the, all the records on like that. I'll say this. The Wizards, right. I'll, let me start off, I'm sorry. The Wizards started off, and I was really, what am I doing? I, just, I told you to take it, I took it right back. So, the Wizards, uh, <laughs> they started the season, and they looked like a joke. They were an absolute joke. After this summer, we heard talk about Wall and, and Bradley building like each other. Um, they're the guy that they signed. Uh, what's my guy's name? Uh, Mahimney. Yeah, Ian Mahimney, uh He hasn't played a single game yet, or he, did he play a couple games? he never. He's just not back. Yeah, they paid him that money to be a you know a, a modern center who rebounds and runs runs the floor. He hasn't he hasn't played and, and they had any impact. Um, their bench has been atrocious. They were losing games and they turn it around. John Wall got himself started in the All Star game now, uh, and Scott Brooks has looked vindicated. He looks like he's getting the most out of his team. Um, go ahead. Take over from there. we
0: we'll talk about the Wizards. Well, on top of that, you got Otto Porter balling out. He's playing real well. Otto Porter since Christmas. Uh, not Otto Porter. The Washington Wizards have been 12-4. and 4. Actually, that's the best record of anyone we're talking about today. Um, which for me is crazy because I've never been a big fan of this team. I mean, anyone who listens to me knows I'm not a big fan when both your best players are in the backcourt. Um... But on top of that, like, I didn't really believe in Beal. I mean, his knee's holding up for now. Wall's a super talent, but does it always translate into wins? I don't know. And that front court just really scared me, but not in a good way. Like, Reef Morris giving up a first-round pick for him last year. Gortat, like, I like these guys, but, like, like it's kind of like Toronto for me. Like, like these front courts, I don't know if that's going to cut it in the playoffs. Like, like both of those guys, like, at least one of them should be a bench player. Like, Like, they need some kind of a star there. Um I just don't like how they're built, but uh you know like they're racking up a ton of wins and and you gotta give props to teams that are making it happen when other teams are not. So
1: what's their record since Christmas again?
0: Twelve and four. They're playing really, really well. They're the best team in all like all these guys were mentioned. I I I I am I'm selling. I don't think they're gonna keep this up. I think the other teams by by fixing themselves a little bit, um, you know, take some wins away, and I just, you know, I don't wish, I don't, I don't wish ill, but I just think Bradley Beal is not going to make the season, and I don't think this is sustainable. So, I'm going to say, they're still going to be good, but I don't think this good. I think this is an outlying, like uh, chunk.
1: Yeah, they're sixth in offensive rating and eighth in defensive rating, which, as we know, being top ten in both is like the mark of a contender. Um, so since Christmas Day, they're sixth in, in o and in eighth in d. Net rating, wow, their third. Yeah, they're not going to maintain this pace. Their third net rating, they're, uh, geez. Yeah. And, and again, they're so top-heavy. Their starters do all the heavy lifting, and sometimes their bench will give them next to nothing. Kelly Oubre hasn't broken out the way that people thought he would. Um, But at the same time, I, I think they, they're not as bad as they were earlier this season. So I'm not going to sell. I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold and let's, let's see how they look uh, you know, by the all-star break. Because, I mean, the, the East is not as strong as people thought it would be this year. And we know it's basically Cleveland, Toronto, Boston. After that, you know, kind of toss-up. Charlotte, you know, the, the Hornets are really struggle. So, yeah, I, I'm going to hold. I'm going I'm to hold on to that. I'm not going to buy or sell right
0: now. All right. Well, on, on another team in the East that uh, is playing really well right now, uh, well, and we're going to say right now, because the last five games is the Miami Heat. They actually beat the Warriors. Um, the Miami Heat's won their last five in their la- since Christmas. Unfortunately, six and nine, so that's been kind of a uh, hot now. Super cold right before that. Um, I mean, the Heat are hot. That's as, that's about as corny as going to make it. Um, I, I'm straight up saying there, there's no way. I don't see enough talent on this team. And as good as Whiteside can play and can play, I, 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 I just think they're full of problems. I, I'm, I'm saying no way. Five
1: straight wins, and they're still the second worst team in the East. They're sitting at 16 and 30. Uh, Whiteside, I, again, I'll always I harken back to that game against OKC, where I just watched Stephen Adams and Ennis Cantor have their way with with Whiteside, and he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and looked like he didn't really care. Uh, that's that's their main thing, man. They bet the, they bet the they bet the farm on on white Whiteside, and I don't think he's that kind of. I think he's a good player. Yeah. He's like, he'd be a good player on a good team with a strong leadership. I'm just looking at the rest of that team around him and I love I love what Spo's done. I love the Tyler Johnson. I love James Johnson. I just don't think White Whiteside is your centerpiece, you're in trouble.
0: Yeah, they just need a star in that team. They got a nice some nice young guys coming up, Hamilton, Just Winslow and all them, but Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, in a a system like with the Spurs or something, I think you'd see a different white side. But when when he's allowed to be the man in Miami, I think that's a problem.
1: I think the problem is a lot of this is that uh, I think it has to do with the hubris of Pat Riley, where he just is like, I can do this with this coach. I can make a team that's going to stay afloat until we get our star next year or Bosch whoever comes back, which I I guess Bosch probably would be done there, right? So I think that he really believed in himself, which is cool, but, I mean, the team's just – Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, am selling them too. Here. Um, next up is the Houston Rockets. And I enjoy this one because uh, they, look. James Harden has been amazing this season. Um, he's, he's definitely MVP. MVP. He's, he's the front runner to me. He's, he is the front runner to me. Hands down. Um, and I mean, we're talking. Since Christmas, let me just take a look here. They, they're still up there. Uh, they have, you no, know, they're 12 and 6
0: since... Uh, they were 12 and 6. Yeah,
1: 12 and 6 since Christmas. Um, their they're offensive rating, I think, is off the charts. Their number 5 offensive rating since ten. But, uh, what are they? I think they're 3 and 6 in their last 9 games. Uh, they are. Real tough losses. And they're
0: 4 and 6 in the last 10, yeah. They're
1: real tough losses. Uh, and this is this just goes to show you, like, it, we do this a lot. And, and when I say we, the NBA fandom and bloggers, Whatever's happening in that moment, that's it. You know, like when people are writing articles about oh, the Clippers, really the best team in the in the West because they start out the gate so hot, you know, and the Clippers are the team that's going to really challenge Golden State Warriors. which they still might, but, I mean, we know that Golden State just has those four players and we, we, people just kind of overreact. So Houston won nine, no, ten in a row. And then they lost a couple or whatever. Then they won another nine in a row. They looked like world beaters. They just looked almost like a buzzsaw, unbeatable. Now we're seeing they, they're coming back down to earth. Earthstone. I mean, it, it, it sounds really cliche. Charlie Box says all the time, live by the three, die by the three. They shoot so many threes that they're going to live a lot of nights. I, I just want to see it as the season goes on. I'm, I'm still... Um,
0: these guys are still playing, like, like 700 ball, right? Yeah, 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 Like, even after all that. So these guys are, I mean, 34 and 15 is not, like, what, what they had, like, four of the tough guys nailing threes, a sixth man of the year award guy, Eric Gordon, I mean, MVP candidate, uh, Ryan Anderson's looked really good, Ariza's researched himself, uh, Clint Capella's been an amazing surprise, I mean... Um, and you could go on a couple of their graphics. Their bench, Nene's played well. He's looking in good shape. Uh, uh, Beverly, ever since the the injury, he's been a nice addition. Like him coming off ball, like to allow to just have stand up threes um, next to Harden. Except instead of the other way around, has just been a blessing for both of them. Um, I really believe in this team because there's a couple guys who can still play D. I mean, you've got some you got some length. I like. I think the Rockets are, like, one of my guilty pleasure teams. I just I just like watching, like, like kind of like how people liked watching Golden State last year just bombing threes. Like, Houston's kind of the same way, and I just like watching, J- I, I really like James Harden at point guard, and, it, it's, and the fact that it can have Beverly to lock down the smaller guys, and so when you play in the playoffs and you have to play all those elite point guards, you have that dude. I mean,
1: i was sure that he's locking down people because my boy Isaiah Tom just gave him 38 that night, but go ahead, I got you, I got you.
0: I think Tom's been doing this on a lot of guys so this is uh, this is credit to both teams in, in one conversation but I, I think look we're looking at 12 and six I I think they play the course like I, I think this is the team like when you are looking at the record right now I think four and six is garbage right now I think they are a you know team that's gonna that's gonna win two-thirds of their games
1: yeah I, I, they're gonna be fine but I just again we've seen them at their highest and then now we're seeing kind of at their lowest um, Eric Gordon's having some kind of back issues which is troubling, it has to be right, because he's, he's dealt with injuries so much in his career so it, it, I know it makes Houston Rockets fans really nervous and Leary just talk, even talking about it, but uh, yeah, so I I still buy them if they're going to be really good I and mean, I think they still have a really good chance you know, maybe squaring off against Golden State those kind of teams, that three point shot's a great equalizer man, They all you got to do is get it hot at the right time and, and you can to go
0: toe to toe with anybody if you Houston. Who's next? Like I said, big fan of Capella. Uh, the last one I have on my list is, are the Atlanta Hawks. I was really sour on them at the start and I thought I was looking amazing calling this the whole time, but they've gone 12 and 4 since Christmas Day and uh, looking good. Uh, this is a team that, you know, Dwight Howard's gone home, Millsap looking good, Baysmore, uh, Schroeder's really stepped up his game. Um, uh, look. I'm gonna have to stick to my guns and say I don't see them going 12 and four. I think they've just been playing well of late, and I think something's gonna break there. I can't see it. I think uh, I would sell high on these guys.
1: I don't. I don't understand this team because I think there's you know, just, just reports of them being a few days from blowing it up are probably pretty well substantiated. You know, we heard it from from luminaries like Mark Stein. And all these guys are reporting that you know Palmisade was in the trade market and they sent off Kyle Korver. I thought that was the first domino in the set that was going to fall. Instead, they reverse field, took Millsap off the market because they were winning 12 4. MC. They are fifth in defensive rating, and that just it doesn't make any sense. Um, I think they've been struggling offensively. You know, they're not they're not that great over the, even I don't know, even all these wins. They're only 20th in offensive rating. That's crazy.
0: Well, they don't have a ton of guys. I mean, losing Corver in the trade, losing Carroll years back, losing um, uh, the starting point guy, uh, losing Horford matters. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm mean, i looking at their stats. Their leading score is 18 points a game in Millsap. Then there's 17.6 in Schroeder and 13.7 in Dwight Howard. I mean, those aren't big numbers, I right? The, at the uh,
1: other end of that spectrum, though, we can look at, and I hate to reference this because Hawks fans, I mean, it's an array of, silver lining what does that make you think of you know a team of really good but not great players who can really defend that makes you think of the Detroit Pistons in 2004 Um, Mm -hmm. and that you can win a lot of games that way man you can win a lot of games that way I don't think they're gonna can they beat the best of the best in the East no I I, I don't
0: know man I think it's the sort of team who's gonna consistently beat the teams they should beat I think that's their makeup Uh, but I think the teams they should beat are the ones like just out of the playoffs like I don't know, I think these guys end up five, six max. Yeah, I just think they're so right many now good teams right now they they're
1: fourth in the east. The Wizards are chasing them down, but other than that, think about this. Wizards are fifth and they're fourth. Uh the Pacers are still struggling to get together. The Hornets are really struggling right now. Uh the Bulls I don't think, you know, and I think I think Milwaukee's gonna be throwing the Bulls. Watch the out crowd.
0: for them Bucks. I was about to say, you read, you read my mind, brother.
1: but you know, they're like five and a half games behind Atlanta and you know, the Pistons are still scuffing along 10, so, I, I think Atlanta, again, it's been shown that there's a difference between regular season great teams and real great teams, you know, like the teams that are built for the playoffs. Right now, I think Atlanta's really built for the regular season, so they're going to win a lot of games. I think they're going to stay right there about four, four or five. Um, playoff times a all different, you know, ball of wax. So.
0: Yeah, I super worried about the playoffs when it comes down to when someone tries to take take up out of the game by doubling him up. And you're relying on Schroeder and Howard. I just don't see that going well. Yeah,
1: totally. I, did, I was gonna pitch one more about, about the Clippers, right? Because uh, even as is right now, they're you know they're, they're gonna lose a lot without Blake. Just came back, and played a game. Um, where were we, the Clippers? They're still fourth, and somehow they're seven and three in their last ten. Somehow, you know, they're still a, a game up on Utah, two games up on. Okay, uh, OKC and play.
0: These guys have seven players averaging double digit points. So,
1: you know, we just talked about the whole thing about you know kind of like Detroit. They they gotta they're doing it by committee. They're they're doing it by committee. Um, I, I mean, of course, I think we kind of gotta buy them because we know that when Chris Paul gets back, they're gonna they're gonna be desperate. They know what, they know what's at stake. I think they still think at their best they're probably can play with Golden State and the Spurs of the league.
0: So are you lying on top of that it's contract year for a bunch of these boys too, right?
1: Yeah, so what do you what do you think? Are buy you buying a sell on the Clippers as, as maybe legit contender towards the end of the season. Is this the year they get to the West Conference Finals? Can they do it?
0: I like I like their bench. I'm I am i gonna say buy because I'm looking at this bench. I le- I think the addition of spates, he's averaging ten points a game and only sixteen point five minutes a game. Um my um, uh, boy Luke Mahmoud, I uh, I think Raymond Felton was kind of an underrated addition there uh brandon bass and toughness they got some guys who can shoot uh, as you said austin rivers like i like teams who can throw a lot of looks at you and that's a team and they have alan anderson alan anderson to me is their uh, lucky horseshoe so assuming health i think and i don't really love the the rest of the west like like i can have serious holes in every team and when it comes down to it like i said at the start of the year if they can get their stuff together this team can punish Golden State inside. Can they do it consistently? Can they slow down the pace? Like, do they want to slow down the pace? Like, you know, can they defend? Look, any team playing Golden State is going to be a brutal ask. But this is one of those teams that I think can punish them in the right spots. And we've shown that being physical with Golden State is one of the ways you get at them. And th- this team is full of physical people. You know, Pierce, Griffin, There's Jordan.
1: Out of here. Paul Pierce. He's just. He's <laughs> he's not a difference maker anymore, man. So my thing with him, with, and it's always going to be the same with Chris Paul and, and the Clippers, when your best player is 6'2", and he's a great shooter, intelligent player, he's a floor general with all the confidence, all that good stuff. When it comes down to in the playoffs, he just does not have that kind of dynamic game that's going to go next level. He can go next level. He'll end twelve for 30 here and there, you know, 40-point game. He's great. But he is such a control freak, I think that's almost like to his detriment, where, and this brought this bothers my attention, and this just this makes a lot of sense. The reason Chris Paul's assist turnover ratio is so sterling, and he is such an amazing player, he knows exactly what he can and cannot do, and he doesn't take risk. He's not a risk-taker, you know what I'm saying? So, when it comes down to it, and sometimes you gotta just, you gotta just be able to just jump off a ledge sometimes and, and take risks in, in, in the NBA. And some players can do that. Blake Griffin's the kind of guy that can do that. But they won't turn the offense over to him more than they do. And I think it's going to come back to bite them. It always comes back to bite them. And then when Chris Paul is trying to micromanage a game against an elite team that you're playing, you know, six times in in a two-week span in game six. So that's my take on it.
0: I get it. All right, guys. Well, this was the – what are we calling this one again? The – Ball Street stock? Exchange. Man, what's
1: wrong with you? Where'd you come with that?
0: I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a little birdie on my shoulder uh, made this one. This is our Ball Street stock exchange. Hey, so, before, thing we, go, before thing.
1: we go, though, I know, it's, I know uh, they're trying to get us off the court because the game's about over. So, right now in the East, the Bucks are a game back out of the eighth spot. The Pistons are a game and a half back. The Knicks are only three games back. Right now, Chicago is, is sitting at eight, and then Charlotte's in seven. How do you see that playing out by the end of the season? Charlotte and, and Chicago are seven and eight, then it's Bucks, Pistons, and Knicks breathing down their neck with Philly, you know, a little bit further back. How do you see this play out? Or do, do you see this exact same order staying in? It doesn't change.
0: Exact same, but Chicago and Bucks change. So
1: you think the Bucks are in, Chicago's out, Pistons still out?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Pacers, I think Turner's looking nice. I and, and I think Paul uh Paul Joy's up for an upswing and, and Charlotte Hornets as much as I don't like their players, I I, I think they're good enough and, and I and I know better than to say that I don't know, I just trust them better than these other teams. And um yeah, there's too much again. Okay, and, uh, and, and,
1: yeah, and, and I can. With, with Golden State, uh they're playing amazing right now. San Antonio's only two and a half games back. They're Everyone's so been that. sleeping. Yeah, everybody's to sleep. uh, San Antonio's playing 800
0: ball. Like, like they're eight and two. They have the same record, the and they're on a five-game win streak. Their point differential of, of 8.9 is second in the league. Like, like uh, uh, San Antonio. Like, like, like we're talking about how good Golden State is. Like San Antonio is way better than the rest of the league. Like San Antonio would easily be dominating the East easily, and that's including Cleveland. Wow.
1: Okay. Do you think they have a shot at the one seed?
0: Um, it's tough with pow out I think I, I, I don't know can, it's like can you see Golden State resting their guys like I think that's the only reason that happens I think Golden State is good enough that they can e- easily beat most teams so I'm going to say no just because I think there's too much out there talent I just think the Spurs system coaching and all that is just maximizing everything and they're just Greg Poff just has to go down as like a top three coach ever in my mind. Here's the good thing
1: about what San Antonio's doing. I don't think they're going to overtake to either. Gote has the pride and the drive where they're going to
0: they'll kick it on. They're
1: will keep the, they not going to hit the pedal to the metal like they did last year, but they're going to keep the pressure on everybody. Well I love it because San Antonio's not going to let them relax. He's not going to let them start resting players down towards the stretch and saying you know, oh, we got a six, seven, a seven game lead. We can we can really take the fuck throttle and make sure everybody's healthy. They're going to make them expend energy and I like that.
0: Yeah. I agree man well listen guys I want to thank you for uh, listening to another episode here of the away team podcast from James and I you can catch us on twitter and everything in between catch a lot of great articles on pressbasketball.com I was even see at jholishoops it's a good follow yeah you got it right I, and I have tons of crazy uh, wrong, wrong trade ideas so you can make fun of me there alright man yeah <laughs> block me if you will all right guys that's the last buzzer catch you next time